If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or the neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Dalton, this probably sounds real familiar to you. It does. I just bought a house last year. And, you know, you asked, uh, why can't all this information be in one place? Well, now it is. On homes.com, they've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com, we've done your homework. The Dale Jr. Download is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You going to any concerts this summer, man? I am. I'm seeing a concert in June. Hardy and Kit Moore. Love Hardy. In uh, Charlotte. I was so stressed getting the tickets. I'm going to be front row. I'm, I'm in the pit. When these tickets go out, man, I am online as soon as tickets open. I don't want to miss a thing. Yeah, you, you know, you got to act quick. Yes. And when you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for a business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. Mm. So what's the best way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Jr. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. What do you think? Did it get out? I am weird, dude. You are weird. <laughs> Mr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. That family picnic sometimes <laughs> gives you more than just a potato salad. That's the voice of my co-host and one of my best friends in the whole wide world, Mike Davis. We're screwed. What does that No, we're not standing in that box together in our underwear. <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me, Mike? Oh my God, that is hilarious. Hey everybody, it's Dale Jr. Welcome back to another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. My co-host Mike Davis is Tuesday, August the 1st. July's gone. Um, which is depressing because the summer's going. I've had a lot of have had a lot of fun this summer. School's back in session. School's for a lot coming of people. back. That's yes. always the big indicator. And so, uh, yeah, we're getting ready to start kindergarten in a in a couple weeks. Uh, but we're here in the Bojangles studio today, and uh, we're happy to be here. Um, looking across the table, still no Lionel diecast late mile stock car. Did the do we have a idea when that's coming no idea you haven't told them no that I we're haven't. looking for it nope hmm. i assume that the diecast people can be responsible for the diecast manufacturing and the schedules in which they are distributed i certainly thought <laughs> that they might be giving us a heads up since we ask for it or since i ask for it every week i haven't heard a heads up hmm. coming soon sounds good you'll be the first to know i doubt it um all right so we're going to uh, 
we're going to do some uh, industry topics here about Richmond. We're going into Richmond. But first off, um, I got into a debate with some friends over something that I'd never heard of. We went to dinner in Pocono. And this carried over to this past weekend in Richmond. When you uh, order a steak, Mike, what do, what do you get when you order your steak and they say, hey, what temperature do you want it? Medium. Okay. And what are the other options? Well, there's well done, medium well, then uh, medium, and then there's uh, rare, medium rare. Yeah, rare, medium rare, yeah. That's what I thought. So we're sitting there at dinner in Pocono, and I get a salmon uh, plate and a couple, uh, pretty much everybody else gets a, gets a steak. And the lady asks, well, how do you want it cooked? And the guy says, medium plus. Mm. <laughs> I haven't heard that one. And I said, uh, what the hell? And he's like, yeah, medium plus. I'm like, I mean, he's like, is that like medium rare? What the hell? Why don't you just say medium rare? That's silly. Plus, what is this? I've never heard anybody say, I want my steak medium plus. And, uh, yeah, everyone at the table started going, oh, that's just made you know, made it sound like this totally common term. Like, they just been, it's just been there all their lives, right? Mm. I'm 49 this year, and I'm hearing medium plus for the very, very first time. And you want answers. And so, uh, apparently, medium is a, you know, medium plus is like you know, 10 degrees warm, warmer than medium but it's not medium well like it's right in the middle between medium and medium well okay and so if you want to get on the google for us back there in the back give us the temperature on medium medium plus and medium well and so um while we're waiting on that we're sitting there having this argument and i'm like well why why do you want to be such a uh high maintenance uh, and just and ask for a medium plus, you know, is the when you order that is a chef back there pumping his fist going hell yeah I'm looking for a challenge, right, right. you know, or is he going I'm looking for an inconvenience today right and the medium plus guy just gave it to me yes and so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking you know of course you know now after this conversation I learned that there's specific temperatures that. Uh, that note which one is which, right? So, all right, if you're asking for a medium plus, I suppose you're cooking it to 140 degrees or something like that. So is the guy back there going, all right, nailed it, 140 degrees. This one's coming off the plate, you know, coming off the grill and onto the plate and out the door. There's your medium plus. And it gets to the table and you're like, all right, you know, it's it just seems like a unnecessary extra step. Yeah. Am yeah. I, no, no, you're not wrong. That's that's uh, I have never heard it myself. Right. You're saying though that your friends, yeah, that were at the table have heard of it. They Bas didn't, or at least that they didn't think that this was anything yeah. unusual. Is what you're saying? I want to say it was everyone. It's Latart, Rick Allen, and our stack guys. Russell, one right. of them, who the was professor. on, yeah, the professor on Dirty Mo Do. The professor on Dirty Mo Do was the first one to order medium plus. Oh, he did. Yes, but everyone else in the at the table. Aside from Jeff Burton, I want to say Jeff Burton was on my team here. So we're, I'm like, what the hell is this medium plus stuff? And so have you got the temperatures yet? Yes. All right. So medium is? Medium is, what was it, 135? Medium plus. Medium plus is 140. 140. Right no, on medium plus 145. 
No, it's 140. Oh. See, they can't even agree Jesus behind Christ. the producer's room. I yeah. give you a simple task. 145. Yeah. Okay. Just start, start. This is what I expect out of the medium, medium plus crowd. Medium. To be with you. Confusion. Medium stop, 140. stop, stop. Medium's 140. Yeah. All right, medium plus. 145. And then medium well is like Gotta be 150. 150. Yeah. yeah. Five freaking degrees. I mean, yeah. are people. The Google says 140. All right. <laughs> it's right up on the screen. <laughs> I hear you, buddy. All right, so medium plus 140. But you're getting different answers depending on where you're going. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as, so, as, usually as you would. As you would. Right. Decide. This, I, I saw horse. <laughs> so there's medium. Look, man. There's. This is, you know. This is on Wikipedia. This is just Google. Just this Google. Is a, this is, the degrees so yum- of meat. That's so yummy.com. That's pretty <laughs> reputable. That's so yummy.com. That's a, that's a reputable source. So, um, I mean, was. I look. I'm ready to be schooled. If I am also the guy who thinks you know you got you can put a one on any steak, so I get it. People are going to go, hey, what 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 the hell do you know? So because uh, apparently that was a big that was a big no no by a bunch of people. You can't put a one on a good steak. Oh, did you get kickback? Tons of kickback from wow, that. interesting. And you don't put a one on a on a great steak. Yeah, how you're supposed you, right? to you, yeah. you're only allowed to eat it plain. So which is a whole other argument. So medium plus. Should not be a thing. Why? Sh- why should it be a thing? Well, we're it, five. De- it, we're talking five degrees here. Five degrees might mean a, a world of difference to some people. I guess. I mean, I'm just saying. I'm. I'm trying to. But by the time it comes to- out on the plate and it's in front of you and you're eating it, I mean, you know, you're chit chatting with your friends and you're waiting, you know, past the butter or whatever. You know, you lose the temperature. Let me ask you a question. How do you order your steak? Uh, well, usually medium. Okay. I'm like, you know what? I don't give a. That's my answer. Well, hold up. Cook it however the hell you want. Well, I, hold up. I want to ask this. So let's just say you order it medium all the time. Have you ever had a steak where you were like, that was a little bit just too rare or a little too done? I mean, like, just a little bit. Just a, like, have you ever just made that? Not that you're going to send your food Let back. T- nope. Not yeah. that it ruins your day. Just an observation because you certainly let people know what you're thinking all the yeah. time. So would I'd- you make an observation going... You know, the steak was okay, but it was a little, little too done. When, when, every single time a steak is in front of me and I cut into it, I'm gonna have an, I'm gonna have an initial thought in my head about whether I think it's cooked too much or too little. Right. But not a freaking word comes out of my mouth, especially not to the, to the, to the server. I would never say. Hey, my steak is uh, uh, done more than I expected. Wait, so I'm not going to say anything to the server, and I probably wouldn't say a thing to the people at the table. I I would just I I there uh, I would never make a comment. I would never say a freaking word. I just eat my steak. I'd put more freaking a one on it. I'd do whatever, right? But look, that's just the way I am. I'm. That is not the way you are. You would make a comment. I mean, to somebody at the table, you absolutely would at least let somebody know that you are mildly displeased. You, no. Yes, you would. No. Stop. We'll don't do don't even try to we'll make that argument. That is not true. I want you to prove this by going to dinner and having steak with me. I have gone to dinner and had steak with <laughs> have you. Have I complained about my steak? Probably ever? every time. You do not know. Probably. You do not know the answer Most to likely every Bullshit. time. Listen, here was my point. My point is this. Is that if you had even, I'm not saying that you made the, the comment, but if you had in your mind the thought that it could have been done a little different. I haven't maybe, ever, Hold up. 
maybe medium plus or the plus or the minus, whatever you want to call it, fixes your problem. Maybe so, it's the solution that you didn't know you had at your disposal. I know, Mike, but like <clears throat> if I ask for medium, right? If I ask for medium, I understand there's temperatures out there in the world of, of Google that'll tell you, hey, man, this is what medium is. But when I ask, you know, my experience has been everywhere you go, there's different interpretations on medium, medium uh, rare, right? So why do, when I sit down, this is the way I think, right? I'm not trying to tell everybody this is the way. I'm just saying, you know what? I've seen lots of different variations on medium rare, medium, well done, whatever. I'm just going to sit down and go, medium man hit me with the middle that's why i do and medium. i'm gonna be on i'm gonna be one way or the other that's right i don't know what it's gonna be it's gonna be fine i'm gonna eat it and not complain and for someone to, for my buddy to go yeah medium plus please i'm like what a freaking high maintenance <laughs> what are you doing it's like you know you're really putting a lot on this guy's plate back there in the kitchen man no pun intended <laughs> But you're like, is the, you, I saw this gift the other day. This was the best thing ever. I saw this gift the other day, and the guy is at his grill in his backyard, and he's pointing to people out on the patio, right? And he's like, yep, me, I'm looking at everybody saying, how do you want your burger cooked before I cook them all the same? Yeah, man, well done. Okay, you got it. Okay, medium rare, you got it, buddy, no problem. And then he's cooking them all the same. He's like, <laughs> gets, I'm going to just act like I give Right, and so, you know, if I'm the if I'm the chef, and somebody's if the medium plus came up, <laughs> if the medium plus came across the kitchen, oh man, I would I would have some fun with that one. Yeah, you you would just give it to them. You yeah. would cook it the way you would cook any of them, right. and give it to them, and be like, nope, that's that's what you asked for. <laughs> you got it, medium. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that's what happened. Did do you know if uh, the professor liked his steak? <laughs> Did he was he satisfied? He don't even know. He doesn't know he exactly. Don't know. That's funny. Yeah, he don't even know. I believe it. You know, he probably waters his lawn and what is he? Does. What is he so? <laughs> that he's scared of medium. He's worried about medium being too rare. <laughs> well, and he didn't want to say. You know what? I think I know what the answer is. You know, so anytime you go and order a steak and you're like, I want mine uh, medium well, it's sort of like this. What? The only way to eat a steak is medium rare. Everybody says it, right? Yes. Only way to eat a steak is medium rare. And then, how dare you? And you're judged if yeah, you don't. How order. dare you overcook this piece of meat? Right. And so I think that he's like scared that it's going to be too rare, but doesn't want to get out for asking for the medium well. Right. Right. So he's found this sort of neutral. No. Yeah. How interesting. He's insecure on how he orders steak, and yet he gets judged by you for ordering medium plus. <laughs> There's a no-win situation for the professor. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that this is a no-win for me, too. So, um, Do we want to make a Twitter poll out of this one? Or yeah. a Twitter X poll? Or Jeez. an X poll? God, what is that these days? Have, you know right, what? So the same like, people that changed the branding on that are the every, ones that order medium plus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Mike, you had never heard of medium plus. No, I hadn't. Okay. Anyone else? No, never. No. Yeah, right? Anybody. So everyone in this room had never heard of this. And so we're at the table, and they're like, oh, yeah, sure. This is Medium Plus been around forever. That's how I go. That's the only way I order mine, Medium Plus. Latart, Medium Plus. Yeah, way to go. You see, that feels like a Latart thing. Yes. It really does. Guy, yeah. Hey, you know who's ordering Medium Plus? Guy with his initials on his sleeve. Right. That's the guy. Or his collar. Yes. Yeah. Unabashed. Yeah. 
medium you're plus guy, around, Steve Latart. <laughs> if you're walking around with a button down on and it's got your initials on it, right. you're one of the medium plusers. Yeah. You know, the one with your last name, <laughs> your last initial is bigger than your first and your middle. You know, that one, sort of like a diamond. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That, that's, you know, Latart has a few yeah. shirts like that. Well, yeah. <laughs> so does so, you know who else has that is it my kids they have that on their backpacks well yeah, yeah. but there, there is an age in which that, that works five, but Mike. you do outgrow it five. yeah you can outgrow yeah. it yeah. <laughs> there's people out yeah. there that yeah i am never wearing a damn button down with my initials on it that's weird dude you know what what speaking of which you had these white dirty dirty mo media shirts remember those Mm-mm. yes they were sort of this uh beige off-white and there's just black dirty mo media. Beautiful. Yes. Man. The first one. The very I, first shirt yeah. we had, yeah. I believe that that might have been the best shirt that Dirty Mo Media ever made. Wouldn't everybody agree? Okay, well, what's the point about it? It had yeah. Dale Jr. on the back. Yeah. Right up here. Right. That's the part you liked? That is, <laughs> that is the part that said, I can never wear this. Yeah, listen, I mean, admittedly, you do have a complex you always have about having anything with your name on it, so I wouldn't expect you to be the initials guy. Listen, it, was, it made sense when I was a technician at an automotive dealership. You know, I had my name on my shirt. Like, hey, you're a mechanic over here, Dale Jr. Well, you more or less had your name on the sign. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, that would be the one time where your name on your shirt would make Makes sense. Makes sense, right? right. A right. name tag. Listen, okay, can we just all agree, though, that um, maybe you're not the media plus, medium plus, but all of us have some sort of tendency that makes us a and our high maintenance. You're 100%. Right. Everybody does. Oh, yeah, I got lots of them. Yeah, we can own them. We can own them. They're yeah. So, in other words, what I'm trying to say is that Professor and Steve Latart shouldn't feel bad about the things that make them a It's fun to make them feel bad. Okay. Well, then there's that. Well, that that's your tendency to yes. <laughs> you like to yeah. You like to make other people feel bad that's about right. themselves. <laughs> I like to give people a hard time. Yeah. NASCAR history and heritage come alive at the NASCAR Hall of Fame. Celebrate my fellow inductees Donnie Allison, Jimmy Johnson, and Chad Knauss with their class of 2024 artifacts enshrined in the Hall of Honor. Don't miss the Ford Performance Showcase. It's a new inside NASCAR exhibit that showcases the Ford Mustang's next-gen car through its design and innovation. The latest edition of Glory Road explores over 75 years of racing history, with its cool 33-degree banking and 19 cars on display on Mondays and Fridays, there's guided tours that take you behind the scenes with incredible stories and access to a NASCAR Hall of Fame insider. Or you can explore the hall at your own pace with the new mobile hub. It's a digital experience. Get behind the wheel of a realistic iRacing simulator. Or you can learn how fast-paced pit stops work with the Pit Crew Challenge. From the legends who shaped the sport to the new heroes earning a spot in the record books, the NASCAR Hall of Fame delivers an unforgettable experience. Book your visit to the hall today at nascarhall.com. The Dale Jr. Download is brought to you by ZipRecruiter. You going to any concerts this summer, man? I am. I'm seeing a concert in June. Hardy and Kit Moore. Love Hardy. In uh, Charlotte. I was so stressed getting the tickets. I'm going to be front row. I'm, I'm in the pit. When these tickets go out, man, I am online as soon as tickets open i don't want to miss a thing yeah you you know you gotta act quick yes and when you want the best you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead it's like if you're hiring for a business you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up mm. so what's the best way to do that zip recruiter zip recruiter finds qualified candidates fast and right now you can try it for free at ziprecruiter.com slash dale jr 
ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash Dale Jr. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. This week's Dirty Air is presented by Ally. We want to thank Ally for their continued support of all things Dirty Mo Media. They've been a great partner for us, a great friend for us. We can't thank them enough for being part of today's show. Now let's get to some Dirty Air. All right, so let's get into Richmond. I just had to get that off my chest. So um, I we do need a couple polls there, I think. A, have you ever heard of Medium Plus as an option in ordering your steak? And I think there needs to be a C, which is, have you ever chosen that? Mm-hmm. All right? I don't know. Do you put your initials on your clothes? Do you That's put your point. initials on your clothes? and uh, Or would you? Embroidered. Embroidered. I mean, like, yeah, yeah, like putting your initials on your clothes is not what we're talking about. Well, kind Sharpie, of. Right? But it's the ones that... Uh, <laughs> That'd be weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there's a couple of good ones there. But... Um, Anyways, let's get on to Richmond. The Fords uh, were strong a, a couple of weeks ago. Dude, I'm taking notes all the time, uh, getting ready for the next race and thinking about storylines and what's going on. And we're going into Atlanta a couple of weeks ago, and the Fords had won two races, and they weren't doing what the Chevys and the Toyotas were, right? So we're like, I'm thinking in my head, hey, man, here's a storyline, the Fords. Can they get better? Um they were just a touch off, right? And if they find that, they get faster. And I'm talking to some of the four drivers, and they're like, yeah, it's, we're, we're kind of struggling with the body, and there's some things that – there's some updates and so forth that have been advantages for others and not for us. And so – and what they were telling me is like, you know, the way the body works, it should run really good at Atlanta. It goes to Atlanta, and they ran great. They ran good there earlier in the spring. Um, but when they go to the high downforce tracks, they struggle. But, it, you know, the last two races, they've been good. Have they found something? I think so. They were really strong at, at Pocono and then again at Richmond. And so uh, the Fords are back. And, look, I'm a Chevy guy through and through all my life. But when we sit down here at this chair, we call it straight. When we're up in that booth, we call it straight. When, a, when, the, when the Chevys are down, the Chevys are down. When the Fords are up, the Fords are up. I don't think really anything's anybody's down down right now, but um, some of the Chevys have struggled uh, here lately. The Fords are now, you know, if they can keep this going, I think that will be extremely impressive. And what it does is it launches new players into that championship conversation. A guy like Joe Logano, who basically snuck into the, to the championship race last year and won the championship. Um, Ryan Blaney, who has struggled over the last several weeks, who it came out of the box fast, um, and I still have him pegged as my championship driver this year. Who I, I'm not gonna, I, it's who I picked. Not gonna jump ship middle of the season. Um, but as the Fords are getting stronger, uh, this certainly pushes some of the Ford drivers back into the conversation of who can win the championship. Six of the top ten in the race at Richmond were Fords. 
the winning driver, Chris Busher, um, drives for RFK. And uh, yeah, you can't say enough about what Brad has done and what RFK as a group has done to to build that team back up into a contender. Man, it was just a couple years ago, Trevor Bain, Ricky Stenhouse Jr. are running in the very back of the pack, struggling to like outrun starting parks. That's right. Um, they were bad. And, uh, you know, then Newman gets in the car, and they had a couple reasonable days with Newman, but mostly still struggling all the way up until Brad becomes a part of it. And right at, you know, the team's just continuously getting better in a pretty decent rate. Like, this isn't taking forever. Busher, I thought Brad, obviously, is leading the most laps in the race. And I'm like, all right, dang it, here it is. Finally, Brad's going to win his first race as an owner. This is going to be a huge, huge milestone for him personally. Dude, this this guy, why is it important for Brad to win as an owner? Well, he, he his family, his family has raced their whole lives brad grew up watching his dad race his own cars right so brad this is full circle for brad this is brad becoming his father right this is brad doing something uh that he saw his dad do for for the majority of his life so this is really critical for brad to go to victory lane driving a car that he owns and so uh i thought that was actually going to happen i was hoping it would happen for brad I'm hoping that happens for him, and I think it will. But Chris Busher, man, uh, got the job done, gets out front, gets the clean air, and, and nobody could beat him. Uh, Busher's a hell of a driver, and, um, <clears throat> you know, it's. I thought it was a popular win. Yeah. Well, my question for you is, do you think – like, yeah, I, it feels like the Fords have found something. Yeah. And I would love one day – this is not for this episode. I'd love to just be able to grill you and, and get your opinions on how – how race teams and manufacturers go about trying to find find speed that they're lacking and how long that takes and that kind of stuff. Because it, it is pretty evident that when one of them – it's not like just one of them starts running well. Usually the whole group of them do. And like in this past week, Gibbs was down. Hendrick was down, like the Chevy. So my question is, going into Michigan, like it, how much do you overreact if you're Chevrolet? Uh, or how much do you think Ford that carries over when you got two completely different racetracks from Richmond to Michigan? So Chevrolet is reacting now. They're they're reacting to the performance and the lack of performance. They're reacting now. They were reacting going into Richmond, you know, talking to some of the team's uh, principals behind the scenes. The Chevy camp is making maneuvers to improve. They realize, look, we need to step it up. So that's already happening before we went to Richmond. Didn't we we didn't really see that change anything about how they ran at Richmond, but I think they're actively working and realizing like, hey, we're not where we need to be. Uh things gotta things gotta change if we're gonna really have a shot at, you know, racing for a championship with any of the Chevrolets. I thought Gibbs was pretty good at Richmond. I know that they, you know, I thought Denny was fast, um, and uh, Ty Gibbs was quick at times, and uh, so I and Brad and and Martin was up on Martin was on such a unique strategy that it was hard to really compare him to to the rest of the field. But at moments, I thought they were good, and so I wouldn't if if I'm Gibbs, I don't I don't leave 
Richmond too concerned. Like there's a problem or no, something. No, I don't think I understood. so. Yeah. yeah, but I think the Chevrolet's got to be like, hey, man, okay, we need to, you know, for this track, if you know, and and for Phoenix, for short tracks and tracks that are under a mile, flat, we need to get some urgency, I think, in mm. in what we're doing. Not time to panic, but certainly, if the Fords are going to run like this, it ain't no, it's no longer just a, you know, us versus Toyota. It's us versus everybody. And so um, Penske did not match what Brad did this. You know, no, they did not match RFK this past weekend. Is RFK the new top forward? I don't think it's time to say that just yet. They keep doing this week in and week out. Give me three weeks of RFK consistently beating the Penske cars. Then I'm going to think, oh man, hmm. how have they? How had they done that? How had they toppled Penske? Brad Keselowski went over to Roush and has somehow organized the team into a better performer. Than his than his former boss, that would be something. Yes. Um, we only had one natural caution during the race. Uh, obviously, you get the two stage break cautions. Uh, the ninety nine gets spun out by Noah Gragson late in the race. If that doesn't happen, we don't have a natural yellow at all. The entire field, even with that uh, going on, all of that green flag racing, the entire field finished the race without someone falling more than five laps down. So the last place car, everyone finished, everyone which was finished. unique. Yep. And the last place car was only five laps down, which had never happened in our sport. That's pretty phenomenal. I know a lot of people were, um, you know, critical of the race. They all, we, we always are. When we, when we go to Richmond, we're always like, oh, hope we don't get another race like we had the last time. And we do. Right, we get the same race. I love the I love the long green flag runs. I love the fall off in the tire. I just don't love. Obviously, the short track package right now doesn't do doesn't work well anywhere. Uh, there's efforts to fix that. They're testing yesterday and today at Richmond. Um, uh, new splitter, new components, trying to figure out how to get the short track package to work better. This is that big test that you talked about a few weeks ago, talking about the most important test. I mean, it's an important it's hugely test. Hugely critical, yeah. yeah. So let's unpack it. We know the car's not good. Uh, as, as far as a short track race car, the package that we have on the car does not run well at the short tracks. It, and, and maybe it's some of, the, some of the tire, whatever, right? Goodyear tire could probably be different yeah. to try to help us. Anyways, there's effort to to get that right. The teams are testing today, tested yesterday. Goodyear's got some tires there to try. So there's efforts. All right. If they found anything, that won't be here till next year. Right. The parts to be able to make enough for all of the series and have backup pieces and parts, they won't be able to – they can't give those to the teams until they have enough for everyone, and that won't be available until sometime next year. So – what do we do until then? You know, I think that we're going to have to stomach the idea that nothing's going to change the rest of this year. Uh, when we go to Martinsville, we're probably going to see what we've been seeing there, right? There's not, I don't think that there's a lot that can be done. The tire could change. That would be one of the things that I think could change. But it would be a small compound change, whatever. So if we're going to sit here and wait for this test to provide some answers hopefully it does right now uh up until this morning um drivers and comments from people on this test that they did 
yesterday and today was that it's not a home run. It's not a it's not a fix all. It's not uh, having as much of an effect on the cars as they thought or hoped. But still, you know, I stay positive. All right, so we learned that what we brought to the racetrack to test didn't move the needle enough. So it helps us at least understand how much more aggressive we've got to be. This was a bunch of new big pieces that they wanted to try. The splitter was completely different, and it did hardly nothing, right? Or it didn't did very little. So it lets us know, man, we've really got to tackle this. We've really got to get aggressive on this. Um, and if it and if it likely benefits us very little if we come out of this test with very little answers and and not a lot of uh confidence that we can change the car we have to look at you know some other alternatives and i mentioned one on uh social media after the race and i've thought about this for a long time so this is specific to richmond all right so richmond's been a bit of a bit of a tough tough sell Decent crowd, but a lot of lot of lot of seats weren't sold. Right, looking down out of that booth, look, man, they had fans from one end of the track to the other, but everywhere you looked, there was a row of seats here, a row of seats there, missing people. How do we get Richmond to be like you know as exciting? It's called the action track. How do we get that track to carry the momentum that we've built over the past four weeks? And so one of the things that I've seen work relatively decent is resin and resin and pj1 are not the same thing so the pj1 we tried years ago i think is awful they shouldn't use it anywhere i don't think it works good it's you got to run on it to activate it it's this weird hard stuff that sort of gets tacky as you use it and heat it up i don't think they should put it on any tracks anymore and they don't they may apply the resin at bristol right around the bottom and they do apply it some at Nashville Super Speedway. And they've used it, I believe, at Phoenix. And um, so it's been used at several tracks to mix results, um, mostly positive. I think that it doesn't get enough credit for how well the racing has been going at Nashville Super Speedway. When they raced there years ago, before we started going back, it, it was a bottom groove racetrack. There was no outside groove for the most part but man they put the resin up there and we had we've had some great races at the nashville super speedway the last couple of times multiple grooves great passing and good racing um and so i'm almost at the end of my rope with richmond Mm. in terms of what we got to do it we got to do something right we got to act on richmond we're going to be going back there next year we're going to be going running two races there next year. We got to do something. And now hearing that maybe this the short track tire test isn't bearing enough fruit, we got to look at what are the other options, right? And so I say on social media, maybe it's time we did a little resin at Richmond. You that, said it right after the race. I mean, yeah. you had to did you send that from the booth or were you think, in the yeah, I you were, you were in, leaving? I think it's in yeah, leaving. All right. So, uh, you know, and I've been thinking this for a long time. A lot of fans reacted to my tweet saying, seal it. So they used to put sealer down on the racetrack. I'm a little nervous about that idea. So the sealer, if you read all the articles about when tracks used to get sealed, if you want to hear a lot of complaining, 
read the driver's comments about that sealer. I mean, all the way back to 1979 at Rockingham, all the way through the 80s and the 90s when they would use this sealer, drivers would say, man, it feels like grease. Where You know, it would slow... It would slow you down two, three, four seconds at a place like Rockingham because it was so treacherous. And you dare not get outside of the, the, the one groove that they would develop. Mm. It just busts your ass. And so putting the sealer on Richmond, which they've done in the past, would have bad results in terms of the first two races there would be single file step outside a line and you're going to bust your ass racing and you're going to hear nothing but complaining from the drivers rightly so this is awful this is treacherous you can't race here you can't pass you can't move you can't get out of line that's all you'd hear for the first probably two or three races now after that it would improve the sealer was good when we had worn it away from that bottom groove worn through it back to the original asphalt and you and it became tacky on the edges and so you chase that tackiness up the racetrack over the over time right as we would run higher and higher we would wear the sealer away and continue to chase that tacky edge and that's what gave us that higher groove is to put the right rear on that sort of tacky edge of sealer and so I'm afraid, you know, as much as I think the sealer would give you a great chunk of racing, the first two years with it would be nothing but garbage. I mean, but, but if it's all, that already, why not just go ahead and play the long game? Drivers if you're Richmond, listen. Dri- I, the one thing you do not want is a is a you know your a social media timeline full of drivers when and negative comments. Look, I, 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 even if there's a great idea, if the drivers are going to bash it, it torpedoes the whole thing. And so you can't do things, and you got to be careful what you do, because if the drivers come in and blow it up, it's not going to work. Not even the best plan. And so I know that putting Sealer down on that racetrack is likely going to produce nothing but purely, purely, you know, they will scorch earth complain about this and so nobody wants that and i can't i wouldn't be able to blame them like for for complaining about it because they're they'd be right you know but it would eventually result in some good racing in my opinion but it but to get there would be pretty pretty tough pretty pretty hard to okay so that's the sealer option all right the resin the resin is sort of this sort of you know you spray this stuff down and you can do you can do a little here and a more and more there you can do various uh amounts of it and it doesn't really stain the racetrack or ruin the racetrack in my opinion the way that pj1 does um and you could you know maybe if you're you know you're if you're me i'd go out there i wouldn't put any on the bottom i'd put a little very very light coat around the middle and maybe even a little bit more around the top and i would sort of have this varying levels of of application in the corners and then i would just leave it alone never do it i would treat it once and leave it and let them race there for multiple times and just see what happens right um 
and that would be a stopgap. That as you know, that would be a a placeholder until we get the answers with this car from testing, right? Until they figure out what fixes this car at Martinsville and all the other short tracks, we need to do something at Richmond. Uh, because I mean, how do we go back there next year and and expect people to want to come see what we just saw, right? Look, I know the drivers love those long green flag runs and the strategy, and I do too. It's interesting to me, but I'm it only. I think this only is cool to the hardcore fan, which drivers are hardcore fans of what they're doing. It only reaches the true hardcore fan base. And even some of them may not love this, right? And so that's awesome if you're trying to sell to a small group of people, but we need to really, you know, we had a lot of momentum. And I think I think some even very slight adjustments, such as pe- putting a little bit of that resin down, would make a, make a big difference on the next show we saw there. So there's obviously varying opinions about that as well. 100%. Yeah. I mean, Denny was vocal. I actually um, – I don't know if you listened or heard Denny's comments. He was very anti-resin. But at the same time, on Door Bumper Clear, I thought Carson Hosevar was on the show this week, and he was like, I'd like to see what the resin would do. But then again, TJ Majors just uh, you know abruptly go, nope, not not the answer. Not the answer. Resin is not the answer there. Yeah. So every, so obviously – This is the guy that spotted for the winner of the cup ra- – or, well, spotted for the guy right. who led the most who, who laps led the, the cup maps. race. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, by the way, it, side note, even more interesting was he – called you his idiot of the week do you know that tj yeah why yeah because of something that you said uh you were using an example last week about how he would say take all you can get oh god yeah yeah. so anyways that let's not get diverted listen here's my here's my point about richmond i think you're right about this it does start to feel like there's a bit of an urgency to save it i mean i'm there, there texas sort of feels that way now, I mean, Texas is in a huge market. Richmond's in a great market, by the way. You don't want to lose Richmond. Yeah. Um, and I know that we're dating ourselves, but listen, Richmond was my favorite racetrack for a long time because when it is good there, it is fantastic. All that to be said, I don't want to call it life support. I don't want to call it, you know, dire circumstances. But there is an identity problem, which we talked about this with Atlanta. And Atlanta, Marcus made these radical changes didn't he yeah. radical changes um and so i definitely agree that there's something needs to be done to start radically changing richmond well let's listen to denny's comments okay you did uh respond to dale jr on twitter he said the top groove looks like it needs some resin oh god you said yuck <laughs> isn't that just a band-aid it is and now you know what happened was we would all be running in a train up against the wall and nobody would see us all day like it that's it's not it i i i know what we're what he's trying to say and i we're trying to replicate the days of the sealer but we don't have the same cars as what we had when sealer was around and what what i'm trying to say is that when they paved richmond they then put sealer on it afterwards and so there was a lot of grip in the sealer so as the seat as the cars ran one line they wore the sealer off. Then they kept moving up the racetrack to chase more sealer. It was almost like resin. But again, the cars are different. The drivers are smarter. 
there's no refuting that because we have more data. Not We're not smarter naturally because we were born that way. We're smarter because we have more information and data that help us be faster and smarter. So what will we do if you put up one lane of resin around the racetrack? We're going to run in that one lane around in a train. Hey, I mean, you know, he would know. I, I actually uh, kind of appreciate his input there. I didn't think it was as critical. I, I heard, the, I saw the clip on social media, but, um, you know, I think that even if he's right, I'm willing to take that gamble mm. and that risk, even if he's right. right. So on, you know, I think you would have to figure out how to, you know, I think you would have to get pretty scientific about the application of this of this resin, right? To find out how to just barely improve the middle groove or the top groove. You know, if you're going to just walk out there and just paint it down, he would be absolutely correct without a doubt. You'd just have so much grip you wouldn't you'd be forced to run in it, right? You'd have to run it to survive. But if they could figure out a way to water it down somehow, you know, to where that application was 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 just bumping up that grip just a just a little bit. Uh, maybe there's a way for them to to find a you know find a some kind of a solution. Like I say, until we can fix the car, right? He says, "Hey, that's a band aid. The problem is the car, the tire." I hear you, Denny. I agree that damn, we'd all love to snap our fingers in this car race awesome at the short tracks. And he and I probably know uh, what what's you know that the car and the tire is the problem. Is that going to get fixed tomorrow? Is that going to be fixed by the time we go back to Richmond? No, I don't think so. I don't have the confidence that it'll get fixed that quickly. I think that um, you know I think it's gonna, I think it could be a while. It could. It could. But and he didn't really give us a, his suggestion to fix it. Did of course, he? he didn't. Right. Yeah. So. I mean, I don't mean that in a disparaging way towards Denny. I'm just saying that in, well, this, in this critique of it, he listen. I, that's the thing we, we're looking for solutions here, especially immediate solutions. Yeah. And um, you at least put one out there. Picture this: it's blazing hot outside, and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get the cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy all-in-one solution that will restore your cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. 
Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. I, look, he the one... It would be awesome to. It would be awesome to debate with Denny and a handful of drivers about the resin, right? And say, you know, they ran it at the Nashville Super Speedway, and I heard a lot of great comments about it from drivers. And then the uh, I think they tried it at at Phoenix, and some thought that it was too much, and that they all ran the wall in three and four, you know, and it became. It became, uh, and they didn't like it. It was too much, mm. <laughs> right? And so, you know, I think if you sat down with them and said, hey, man, I'm going to, you know, what if we could figure out a way to to control how much was being applied and to, and to, and to make, you know, make a very small amount uh, or a small adjustment to the surface of this racetrack? Would that matter, right? If they had real control over how much and where it was getting put down, right? I would not want to put resin down at Richmond without not only impact uh, n- not only feedback but but actual effort and, and input from the drivers on how to do it where it should go and so boy you'll get a lot of different opinions if you do that though well you don't take all the you don't take all the drivers you don't you just take a handful I'd take you know Denny's Denny probably Kevin for sure um, Harvick yeah I'd probably take him. I don't know. You know, you just take a handful of guys. But we're going to go to that racetrack, and we're going to do something. We're leave, We're not leaving that racetrack without doing something. So let's all get together and figure it out. Um, now you have to have the track on board, and they probably, would, they <laughs> they, probably wouldn't be. But um, It would be their bill. <laughs> yeah. But I tried to, uh, you know, I tried to figure out a way to make sure when – listen, Denny's not wrong – I agree with what he's saying, but damn it, we I don't we can't go back and do this again. Right? So when so Denny, like what do we do before we go back to Richmond? Give me those answers, right? Tell me, all right, Denny, here's the tools in the toolbox. And you know, if your car's not different, if the car doesn't change, and if the car's not better, and we don't find answers there, and we don't find answers in a tire, we got to get you know. If we can't have either one of those two, what is what is left? What are you going to do to make the racing better? And he's going to say, "Oh, it's great. I love the I love the green flag, long runs. It's fun strategy. That's pure racing." He even said it on pit road. He's like, you know, the purists and people. There's people that love what we ha- what we did today, and there's a lot of people that didn't. Help me understand this. It sounds like, though, you and Denny are actually talking about two, not different things, but separate. He's talking about you go put resin down, um, you know, along the top, and everybody runs that line. If I heard him right, that's what he said. But you actually are suggesting that there's some sort of application of resin, you know, not just one lane here, but, like, in areas that would maybe induce 
better racing and different lines and that kind of thing. And is that even possible? And am I understanding you right when well, you say that? Like, would you just do one line of resin around a racetrack or would you go apply it in different places? Well, so, I mean, that would be what you'd need to sit down and kind of have a, you'd sit down and say, hey, man, do we need to put resin on entry all the way in around the wall, all the way to exit? Probably not. No, right. Do we need to put it uh, maybe just in a, you know, in a, in a pie right in the middle of the corner so that, you know, you drive off in the corner, get the rights in it, get the grip you need to throttle up and you leave the corner and you, you know, if you do it right, you'll, you know, you'll run a, you know, you run a little bit faster lap than the guy running on the bottom. Um, you'd have to be careful because you'd make it nearly impossible to pass. You know, you'd basically, anytime you got underneath somebody, they just beat you off, beat you off the corner running the resin, right? So you'd have to be careful because he, to his point, right? If you put it down the wrong way or you put too much down, that will be where everybody runs and you will not be able to pass. Um, so yeah, I think that, I think that if Denny and I went to the racetrack with a bucket of resin, <laughs> I think we could figure out a, a balance between our two opinions. You know what it'd be? What? Resin plus. Oh, Jesus. You'd have to listen to the first part of the show to understand <laughs> that joke. But, um, you know, I think it's, uh, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. I don't know what else to do for Richmond. The track's not in terrible shape. It doesn't need to be, you know, it it doesn't need to repave because the surface is in good shape. It's not deteriorating or falling apart. Um, I think one of the, uh, you know, North Wilsboro might be getting repaved, so that would be a good, uh, interesting comparison. So, you yeah. know, Wilkesboro, worn out, slick, didn't put on a great cup race. Right with the All Star race there, the Cup race was, you know, the five Larson drove through the field and it was over. But they're going to repave that racetrack more than likely. And if they have, you know, when we go back there, if we have another All Star race there, if we go back there for the All Star race next year, how will that race look with a complete repave on this particular car? Is this does this, you know, we we've been sort of programmed in our heads thinking, man, old worn out tracks are the best. Right, we love them. Right, well, tire maybe, fall off, all that yeah. stuff. Slip maybe the next gen uh, wants a wants a brand new. Maybe the next gen likes a a, a newer short track surface. I don't know. That but, actually leads me to a question I actually wanted to ask you. So I often listen every week. I listen to the tear down, which is Jeff Gluck and Jordan Bianchi, because they give the their immediate reaction from the media center yeah. right after the race, and so. Jeff had an interesting take, and I want to hear your opinion on this. He says this clearly, the Richmond problem, is absolutely has nothing to do with the car. Nothing to do with the car. It is absolutely 100% the track. Whereas I was thinking, well, look, it's a combination of, of both, right? Like the, tr the car certainly doesn't race well on short tracks. That's obvious. And then Richmond has had its you know, issues over the past several years. So, But he's like, but the Richmond problem is not the car because any race, any series at Richmond – ends up being the same yeah boring no passing no cautions it's the same do you agree or disagree with that i think he has a great point and i think he might be right mm. yeah i mean we've seen uh you know the truck race there the xfinity race i think he could be right i think he could be right about what he's saying there i don't know i mean i feel like that uh 
this is pretty i feel like this is a common sense situation man Hmm. common sense all right everybody's saying any changes to this car and any improvements even if we hit a home run from a test that's going to fix the short tracks it could be a while before we have all the components ready we can't sit around and, and be waiting on that you know if i'm richmond if i own the racetrack I damn sure ain't putting all my eggs in that basket. Got to do something right, right, right now I, is what yeah. you're saying. If I'm Richmond and I'm on the racetrack and I'm looking out there and seeing 40% of the seats available. Got to do something. I'm doing something. Well, that that right there is the biggest indicator. It's not what people say on social media. And to me, it's not even what drivers are saying. Although there's a place in, in getting yeah. a driver's opinions are important. But in the if I'm Richmond's president, yeah, it's that. You the know what? ticket sales, that is the biggest problem for me. That means I have to do something now. Yeah. So if I, you know, if, you know, I think to, you know, to Dennis's point, if you put a bunch of resin down, everybody's going to run in the resin. Well, don't put that much down, right? Don't apply so much that it's just this dominant groove, right? Do a little research and some science and figure out how to m- marginally change the grip for that higher line, right? And even if it does become the preferred line, laid into a run right if i can turn underneath you and get beside you i'm driving up the racetrack at the next corner to get to it and and i'm gonna move you on up with it well denny would never do that of course he would <laughs> so uh you mentioned carson hosevar yep uh on door door bumper clear and i heard that he also mentioned about uh mentioned a little uh bit about me and him having a interaction at the shop yeah yeah, yeah. so carson right young driver uh, we've been watching him in the truck series and uh, just won this past weekend at Richmond in the trucks. And he's getting some interest from Xfinity and Cup teams. The rumor is that he's going right to the Cup series, possibly. And so one glaring issue with his racecraft, and that is he likes to intentionally wreck people. <laughs> and so, you know, he's done it multiple times. So uh, he, he he revealed a conversation that me and him had this past uh, Monday on Door Bumper Clear. I don't know if it's the arrogance as a race car driver or whatever, like, oh, I'm not the problem, right? And then I want to race. I'm like, oh, everything's going to fix itself. My hands are clean. Everything will fix itself. Yeah. And then go to Martinsville, and then all of a sudden I'm having these conversations. I'm like, I want to race. Like, I, why, why are these conversations it didn't, it didn't still fix it. Why are these conversations mm. still happening? And then got sat down, had more conversations, had the big piece humble pie with Dale Jr., and then I'm like, Whenever it clicked, it clicked, and I'm like, man, I just showed up in this guy's shop, idol of mine, childhood dream, and that's the first thing out of his mouth. Like, what did he say? He said, hey, man, like, when are you going to stop tearing <laughs> up? Like, that was his conversation. Owners he, don't like to spend money on he's fixing like, stuff. He's, he's like, you ain't going to do that in one of, one of these cars, are you? Like, he's like, man, you're better than that. I'm like, oh, f-. Like, <laughs> like six-year-old me is like all i see is six-year-old me just sitting there like it, it like i was envisioning like he was talking to six-year-old me i'm like man i gotta i gotta fix this like really fast yeah so that was a uh uh i'm glad to hear that left an impression on him right because he remembered it yeah carson's a very talented driver really really talented and whatever's going on in his mind when he gets in those moments he's he, he's got this short fuse and he mashes a button and he and he takes the guy out right um and i understand the frustration but dude you you know i you can't do that people are gonna eat you up 
and you get this reputation and it goes everywhere with you and it hurts opportunities for you going forward and so we were talking uh you know we're we're talking about running him in some xfinity races with uh with spire right so we're going to help spire with some cars and they're going to go take him to the racetrack and he's coming into our shop seeing i see him in the shop for the first time and uh we're back back in the hallway uh in the crew chief's hallway and he comes in this room and i was like hey i said man i gotta ask you when are you gonna stop wrecking people and he was like whoa uh uh yeah and so i was like you know you just need to stop that i was like I don't, I don't, I don't, I would, I didn't even reference our cars or him driving our car. I was just like, look, you just don't need to do that. I was like, stop doing it. I know you're mad. I know you're angry, but look, you cannot be this guy that's always going to be intentionally wrecking people. And you're going to get this reputation and you're not going to be able to fix it. I said, you're at the point right now where if you try to change, you can, you can change and you can, you can earn back people's trust. But if you don't make an adjustment and make a change quick, uh, it's going to be a problem for you. And honestly, like, you know, if we had an opportunity to bring him here and him racing it, uh, a junior motorsports car, he's talented enough. He would be an awesome get for us. We'd be, you know, excited to have him, but he'd have to stop doing that. Yeah. That he'd have to have that out of his system. Um, but anyways, I, you know, I'm glad that sunk in, uh, and so that was fun to that was fun to listen to. Well, can I just say one more thing about Carson? You know, him being on door bumper clear alone said a lot to me about him as a driver and a person because there's been nobody more critical of Carson Hosevar than the door bumper clear guys this year. Yeah. In fact, he even joked about how he's probably been the idiot of the week more than anybody else on that show, and he's probably right. They've been very critical of him. They've called him every name, but. Carson just exhibited exactly what I wish most people would do when they have a problem with something that Brett or Freddie or TJ say on there because they got their opinions and they're not always right, but they also don't profess to be right all the time. But Carson was a grown up and he goes on the show and they have very good conversation this week on that episode. And and it it told me a lot about Carson Hosevar. Most people, including most kids, probably stay away from the place that's been mean to me and said bad things about me they don't go up they don't give him a time of day he ends up really kind of making an impression on me and i hope other people yeah i think the jury's still out you know i think he's there's carson for me i gotta see another year of racing yeah where he ain't turning somebody into the fence right give me about six months at least where you don't do anything even questionable and I'll feel like you've made uh, you've made gains. That's not too much to ask. And in a you know, if you're going to have a you know twenty year career, that's your hope, right? That's your vision. Give me about six months to a year without incident. Yeah, give me drama, drama free. Yeah, just win. And we'll be happy with that, man. No matter who he's driving for, whether he's driving for you know Junior Motorsports or somebody in a Cup Series, I don't care. Um, but he he he's good enough. To be a winner and a champion at any level, I believe. Every time I see him getting into you know dirt cars or anything, he's fast. So, uh, you know, and I think he's I'm, I think he's actively trying to trying to make make better decisions. So that's great. And yes, we're gl- we're thankful to have him or any guests come on to the Door Bumper Clear shows or 
any interact with any of our Dirty Mo Media content. All right, so man, great show, Mike. Um, I think we covered pretty much everything. We miss anything? No, I think we got everything that we wanted to talk about. All right, let me make sure, man. Um, I want to thank Ally for uh, sponsoring Dirty Air again this week. Typically, they sponsor our Wednesday guest segment, but since we're in the midst of becoming Earnhardt and that series launching uh, new episodes every Wednesday, uh, Ally is sponsoring our Tuesday show. So thank you, Ally, everything you do for Dirty Mo Media and everything you do in NASCAR. Everybody, uh, don't forget tomorrow, Becoming Earnhardt, Episode 4. And then Thursday's show, which is a, uh, a bit of a recap that will have also Ask Junior. And, uh, and, and that's the week, man. Y'all have some fun.